this morning.
But Lord, we just so great. Well, let's get to the scripture. I got to show you this. This is a word. Put it in my heart. Come now. Just think about the Lord walking in the room, looking at you, saying, come now. You who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there and buy and sell and make a profit. And you know, there oftentimes we do make those kind of plans. 
I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Lord willing, I'll make a profit. Maybe. But then he goes on and says, whereas you do not know. Say, I, don't, I do not know. Now, this is the scripture. You do not know what will happen tomorrow. How many of you are guaranteed, you know without a shadow of a doubt, you know what's going to happen in your tomorrow? Anybody here? I know people that say things like they know what's everything that's coming. But then I read the Bible and I say, no, you don't. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. So what do you do? You just stop planning? No, you keep planning, but you do something more. For what is your life? First of all, you have to remember this. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then does what? It vanishes away. It's like a puff of smoke. And and compared to eternity, that's what our life is like. But here's, here's our response, verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. We shall live. That's going to be very, very applicable to the hour in which we're living. If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. But now you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. So what do you do? We'll look in verse 17. Therefore, now you know if you see the word therefore, what does it mean? You have to look and see what it's there for. I've taken that context, that scripture out of context many times. It still fits, you know, just speaking that principle. Those who know to do good and that they do not do it to them, it is sin. Now that's true. But the context has to do when, when you don't know what to do or what's coming tomorrow. And so what you say is, is if the Lord wills, we shall live and we shall do this and do that. In other words, there's an aspect of the will of God that we cannot know. There's an aspect of what's about to happen in America that we are really uncertain. How many of you know that? My own opinion, there are things still hanging in the balance. God's looking for a church to arise in this hour. He's going to see if we really are interceding and we really are picking up the sword of the Spirit and doing His will or not. But there are certain aspects of the will of God. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So what do you do? You do good. That's what he says. What did Jesus do? He went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So what are you going to do in this hour? We don't know what's going to happen. You don't even know, maybe some of you don't even know where your next paycheck is going to come from. You do what he said for you to do. For to those who know to do good and they do not, to them it is sin. So how many of you understand that message? And I just took that. We've got to run the race now like we've never run the race before. We've got to do the will of God while there is time. Now I want to shift gears a little bit. George Washington, during the Revolutionary War, he issued a presidential Thanksgiving proclamation. And in that proclamation, he basically gave honor to the one, the Creator. Here's what he said. He said, to the one who was the author of all that was good... That is good, and that will be. And that was his presidential proclamation. This week, I, look, I googled the real meaning of Thanksgiving. I would advise you not to Google the real meaning of Thanksgiving. Here's what you'll find. Everything you learned about Thanksgiving is wrong. Nine myths about Thanksgiving that are problematic. The dark 
history of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving myths, what settlers were really celebrating, the bloody victory. And then you can read on and on. You know, if we don't tell people the truth, Google is going to convince them of a different truth. And I began to notice, and I've known this before, but I really found it to be true. Google has already stacked the deck. They've already prepared the propaganda for the generation so that they will learn what they want them to learn rather than what the truth really is. And what they want them to learn is America's evil. We, all of our founders were wicked. But the truth is, nothing could be further from the truth. And we need to tell the truth. Now, also, we got to know Thanksgiving is not about the three F's. You know what the three F's are, right? Family, food, football. Family, food, football. It's way more, it's a lot more than that. I mean, that's all good things. Well, you know, it's, except if you're a turkey. Did you see, Shirley showed me. Shirley showed me there was a turkey in Wisconsin that was chasing a mail truck. And they got it on video. And every, it was all week this turkey was running along the side of the mail truck. And maybe he's expecting a letter, I don't know. But anyway, Shirley's dad used to feed the turkeys until somebody got the wild idea that they had too many deer, so they brought in some coyotes. So now there are not many deer, and there are not many turkeys. Last time we went, I only saw one turkey, and there used to be many turkeys. And um, anyway, the coyotes got the turkeys. So the coyotes are having Thanksgiving. But, but you know, if you were hunting like we used to, we may not have Thanksgiving. Where did they get the turkeys? Oh, they make Walmart. That's where you get them. We, we get them from somewhere. But just a real quick, then I'm going to get back in some things. So stay with me. Don't, um, you know, don't check out too quick this morning, all right? We've got to talk a few, a little bit more about what's, what's happening. But anyway, you need to know about Thanksgiving. You guys don't pay attention to Google. Google will not tell you the truth. It's not going to, about anything. The news will not tell you the truth about anything. There's a full court press of propaganda happening. But anyway, Thanksgiving was first celebrated 1621. How many of you knew that? You don't know it because you're not from here. You're from South Africa. But there was a group of settlers, you know, that came from Plymouth, England. They set out September the 6th, 1620. They were seeking for two things. You remember what the two things were? Religious freedom and civil freedom. Now, when they arrived, first thing they did, I don't know if it was the very first thing, but they conducted a prayer service and they worshiped, they honored God. And um, they signed what was called the Mayflower Compact. Now, here's how this Google thing went this week. I, I thought I would... Because I remembered that there was something in the Mayflower contract that I needed to remember. So I, I looked up and I knew the first phrase was, for the glory of, so I googled the glory of. Instead of the glory of God, they gave glory to their God, to the glory of Satan. That was the first thing I saw on Google. So then I said, well, let me take it a step further. Maybe I'll put in, to the glory of God and. And then it went into some other weird thing about to, 
trying to prove how our founding fathers were nothing but slave owners, worthless, racist, bigots, sexists, all these things such as this. Well, finally I found it. I just looked up the Mayflower contract. But in, here's what they said. They wrote that in honor to King James, you see, they were not racist. They were not bigots. They were not even in rebellion. They honored King James, but they were looking to worship and follow the king of all kings. You know, beyond, they, they weren't rebellious subjects, but they wanted to be free to worship the king, their king, Jesus as king. And when they landed, you know, they undertook, in fact, what it says in the Mayflower contract, it was for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Now, I don't care what they tell you on Google. That was the initial purpose for the finding of our nation, for the Christian faith and the advancement, for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. And then you remember the story is true, how the first winter they were not prepared and what, about half of the settlers died, you know, and so they called, you know, the First Nations crowd and they did celebrate. Now, I know some of you are saying, but it, there was some evil. Yes, there was. It was those after the initial pilgrims landed because there's greed in the heart of man. You read Rodney Howard's Brown book. What's it? The Killing of Uncle Sam. You'll find some stories you would rather not find that have not been told. How Cecil Rhodes, Cecil Rhodes actually robbed South Africa and the African nations of their gold and their silver. He went in and just wiped them clean. That's why many of the nations are third world nations today. But we celebrate Cecil Rhodes and we give these people these Rhodes scholars. We make them Rhodes scholars. No, they're just puppets that they're going to use in the plans, the unfolding. You can read about it in Rodney's book. I don't have time to go into it today, but some of it makes more sense than it's ever made before. And we're learning. God's opening our mind to see the things that are happening so that we will have an answer for the world and we'll be able to give the reason for the hope that we have that's beyond what the world offers. But then, you know, they had a three-day feast and it was December 13, 1621, and, um, and there were many that celebrated together. But we know there were crimes. We know there was sin. We pushed the First Nations crowd on reservations. You see those two flags in the back? This is, there's a great story about that. How many, I don't know how many of you were here back then. But some of the First Nations came. Some chiefs came to this church to give us those gifts and they got up here in the pulpit and they said, we offer you forgiveness even before you ask. That was powerful. I, I look back, I think, God, I don't think we realize how powerful that was on that day that happened. They offered us forgiveness before we could even ask. And so there are many things that we do know that were evil, but the original pilgrims were not evil regardless of what Google says. Amen? Google is a liar. God is the true, the Bible, let me tell you anyway. You need to know this. How's the devil working today? I don't know all the way, yeah, lies, that's the big one. I mean, I, don't, I can't even watch the media anymore. I don't know about you guys. I even saw today's 60 Minutes. It was built all on lies. And it just hit me. Four things. Number one, remember what Hitler believed. Tell a lie. Tell it often, and the people will believe you. That's being practiced today. If you lie, at first they might think, now that doesn't sound right, but you keep lying, 
You get NBC to repeat it, get CBS to repeat it, get CNN to repeat it a million times in a minute, and people will believe it. That's the first thing. Secondly, the plan is to blame your enemies what you, of what you are doing while you're doing it. You blame them of doing what you're doing. When you understand the impeachment thing about Ukraine, it wasn't President Trump. It was others, actually, that were committing corruption. And so he's the one going after corruption. You can get in trouble by going after corruption today. I got news for them. Regardless whether your corruption is exposed in the next year or not, I don't know. But I know one day it will be exposed. Everything hidden is going to be revealed. Everything covered. Jesus said that. It's going to be made known. And then the third thing is you make... Now, this is, implies to us. Make your enemies think that you have more power than what you really have. Is that not what the devil does to us? He tries to make us think, you know, I'm really a big devil. No, you're not. You're a little devil. You don't even really roar like a lion. You, have, you don't even have the teeth of a lion. We're worshiping the lion that roared, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's far greater. But anyway, he'll try to convince you that we have power that we really don't. And then, you know, that typical thing that's in every communist revolution. The end justifies the means. So there's a belief you can do anything you want to do as long as it promotes the goal that you're seeking to promote. Does that make sense? I want to show you. Look, stay with me. Don't leave. Stay with me. Second Timothy, I want to show you this. Lord, give us grace. And guess what? He has. You're not going to run out of the grace that's available to you in this hour. You're going to find more grace than you ever thought was possible. And then when you run out of that grace, you're going to find more grace. It's un unexplainable, unsearchable. But let's look at this for just a few moments. Then I'll do those quick little things about Thanksgiving. But we need to be reminded of something. 2 Timothy chapter 3, but know this. Say, I'm going to know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. How many of you remember what perilous means? Times of stress. High anxiety. If you thought there were some things to worry about, Hang on. It's going to increase. Jeez, the, the scriptures say that. Know this, that in the last days. How many of you think we might be living in the last days? Many believe that the last days began on the day of Pentecost. If they began on the day of Pentecost, guess what? We're in the last of the last days. In fact, 1 Peter says, For Jesus was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last days days or last times for you. So if he believed it, then we must even much more believe it. So there are going to be times of stress. What are you going to do about it? Run to the medicine cabinet. Or you can run to the Word of God. What is, what is the answer to anxiety? Anybody have a... Be anxious for nothing, but by everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests made known unto God with thanksgiving, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. 
So you have a choice. You can run to the medicine cabinet or you can run to the word of God. That's one of the scriptures you might want to get on your refrigerator. Be anxious for no thing. Yeah, but. No thing. Not the yeah, buts, the no things. So perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. It's always been. Always been. Self, the self-promotion over God promotion. The two cannot get along. It's not going to happen. You, there's going to be conflict. Because God is not going to share the throne with self, right? Lovers of themselves... Lovers of money. Now, we know the love of money is the root of what? And I've shared with you before, you read Rodney's book. It's not the new translation. You will believe the love of money is the root of all evil because it all goes back to the almighty dollar. Wars have been fought over the dollar. Lives have been, blood has been spilled. You can read the book. Just read the book. But if you don't have time to read that book, read this book. Men will be lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, blasphemers. i got to share this one thing. I saw the craziest thing this week. I really liked her song, Celine Dion. She's coming out with a new brand of clothing. They're gender-neutral clothing. How many of you know they're such? I'm still, I'm just catching up with some, we live in Moravian Falls, I live in the woods, I don't even know what's happening. Gender neutral clothing. And they showed in this video, Celine Dion, for babies. Well, they'll get to the adults later. But these are for babies. So in this video, she's promoting her new line of clothing. She walks into a, what do you call those? There's a lot of incubators. A nursery, yeah, thank you, that's it, a really hard thing to remember. It's a nursery, there are babies, boys and girls, and she throws out this dust that sprinkles in the air. You can see it. And there's some voodoo dolls, you can see. It's so obvious what she's doing. And anyway, you look at the clothing, it's, most of it is black with skulls on it. Some of them have horns connected to the sweaters. It's like, God, the devil is not even trying to hide anymore. Much of the church is sound asleep. Maybe that'll wake them up. But they're after our children. And it's really, this is a serious time. And we're going to have to rise up. But blasphemy, that total blasphemy, disobedient to parents, unthankful. I'll come back there. All right? Unholy, unloving, unforgiving. Now, we could really spend a lot of time on unforgiving But do you know what happens when you refuse to forgive someone that sinned against you? Let me just remind you of something. Remember the question was asked, how many times should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? Seven. How did did the Lord respond? No, 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 no. Seven times, 70 times seven. Remember. In other words, what does that mean? You keep on forgiving. You keep on forgiving. And then you can read that parable. Basically says, if you do not forgive your brother, when they sin against you, neither will the Father forgive you. But he'll turn you over. You read this. This is some serious stuff. This will promote the fear of God in the church again. What is it, Matthew chapter 18? He will turn you over to the torturers until you paid every last dime that you owe. And you can read the parable there. Anybody want to try to define the torturers? 
All I know is I don't really want them in my house. I don't want them attacking my body. So in other words, to make a long story short, forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. Go out of the way to forgive. Somebody offends you. Don't stay offended. Don't live in unbelief that God can forgive him and forgive you. And uh, you just know what I'm talking about. Unforgiveness. Say unforgiveness. I'm not going to live there. Because you know what the word really means? You look it up, it means unreconcilable. It means there's no way to reconcile. That's it. It's over. That's exactly where many in our nation are today. It's like there's a division and the two sides are unreconcilable. That's because the only thing that bridges the gap is the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus that can bring the forgiveness, the ultimate. And he gives us the grace to forgive. Slanderers. I wonder if any slander is going on. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of good. Now, why do we need to know this? Because it's going to happen. In fact, it's not going to happen. It is happening. And then verse 4, the first word says traitors. To be a traitor means that you go forward turning who you thought was your friend into the hands of the enemy. Those who you thought were for you are actually working for your demise. I wonder if there's any trait, any of that going on today in America. Treason. Sedition. I heard where some military personnel, and are, in fact, some of the biggest guys, have refused to obey the president. You know what that used to be called? Treason. And they used to be taken out and shot. But today, we just let it go. Listen, folks, we have to rise up. We're going to have to do what the Constitution says we're going to have to do, or the evil will overtake the land. And I could show you all things about that as well, but let's just get back. Let's stick in the text. I want to be remembered as a preacher of the word. And we got to preach the whole counsel of God. I'm going to give you just a quick preview. This week I was thinking, I'd rather preach like this anyway than stick with the script. But I was thinking about the most important messages that I heard during those three years when I was in New Orleans, you know, I went to seminary. Was it cemetery for me? It was actually a good thing. But I was trying to think back, and I can only think of about five messages that I can remember. You know, most of the things you hear, you're not going to remember. How many of you know that? I'm not saying your, you know, your, your memory. I'm just that. That's just the way it is. It's just a handful of things that you're actually going to remember 20, 30, 40 years from now. And one of them I remembered, this man preached, he came, and it was a message, and this was almost 40 years ago, on why God must judge America. And to this day, I remember that message. I remember the points. I, I don't remember who did it. I can't remember him. But I remembered Jeremiah chapter 8. And one of them is because of the failure of the prophets and the priests to preach the truth of God's word. And I just remember, God maybe had me remember that so I would not be one of them, but that I would stand for truth in an hour that the truth must be preached. 
Another message I remember while we're on this subject. I remember a guy getting up and preaching on hell. Man, he gave us hell that day. You did not want to go to hell when that guy finished talking about hell. I remember that message to this day. It's been a long time. Then I remember Dr. Brazil. He used to, he ended up being my pastor, but he, he preached about the thread of humanity and how God puts his hand on men and women in history and how they all are connected to this de- grand design called the will of God. And when all of them fit together and they pass their batons one to another, that ultimately the will of God is going to come, the kingdom of God is going to be done on the earth as it is in heaven. I'll never forget that message. And I realize that's what we are. We're just a part of this unfolding purpose. You don't want to mess up your part. You know what I'm talking about. You don't want to let down your baton. You don't want to drop out of the race. What if there's somebody waiting for you to finish, to get to the finish line? Some of you say, well, I don't know if I can make it to the finish line. Well, just crawl. Just crawl. Get on your knees and crawl to the finish line so you can pass the baton on to the one that you're supposed to pass it on to. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it did a whole lot to me. There were a lot more things. What what was that one more? Oh, I know what. Another message you could not forget. His name was S.M. Lockridge. I got him to sign my Bible as a young preacher. He was a black preacher, and he preached. I don't know what he preached that day. It was something like on the subject of amen. But he preached amen like I'd never heard. Amen. And he would preach it, and it sent chills up your spine. But all of that, just to say, we got to be the church. One of the reasons God judges a nation is because those whom he put as salt and light stop being salt and light. And instead of salt and light, Jesus himself said, you are now good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot by men. And the Lord will see to it that it happens exactly like he said it would happen. So in other words, we got to be salt and light. Are you with me? Individually, as a church, we got to rise up and be the people that we've been called to be. And that's why you're here this morning. And we're going to pray God will deposit something in you that you can take with you because some are visiting. They may never come this way again. And he goes on, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. But I wanted to read all of that just to go back. And we've read these scriptures before and we focused on others just in closing out, unthankful. Back in verse 2, unthankful. So why should you be thankful today? What do you have to be thankful for? A whole lot if you think about it. A whole lot. But what does the scripture say? Leviticus 20, 22. And when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it as, it your, as your own free will. So number one, sometimes thanksgiving is a sacrifice. You may not feel like it, but you're offering a sacrifice unto God. You're thankful. How many of you know what I'm talking about in that? Secondly, Psalm 50, offer to God thanksgiving, pay your vows to the Most High. What does that mean? Just do what you promised. If you made a promise to God, do it. How can I promise God anything? Well, we've all done it. How are you going to do anything that honors God except through the grace that He gives you anyway? So just say, God, I'm sorry that I didn't fulfill my vow. I repent, I ask for forgiveness. I'm going to pay my vow. Give me grace to do it and then do it. 
What did that scripture say? If you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, or you don't, you're not making a profit, whatever it is, just do good. Do good to him that does not do good, to him that is sin. Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. But he says, offer to God. It is an offering, an offering. How many of you ever thought about Thanksgiving as an offering? It's an offering. God, what can I offer you? Well, offer your Thanksgiving. Just offer it to him. Come to the altar. Remember the, the ten lepers, all of them were healed. Jesus told them, you go and show yourself. How many came back? Only one. Nine of them totally forgot to thank him for what he had done for them. We're not going to be among the nine. We're going to be among the one. How many of you say, I'm going to be among the one? And then Psalm 69, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a, bio, or a bull. In other words, we magnify him above our problems. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Either you're going to make your problem magnified or you're going to make your God magnified, one or the other. You can't have both in a place where you're magnifying. You've got to magnify one or the other. You magnify God, your problem is probably going to disappear or become so minuscule that you, don't even, you can't even find it. Where were you, problem? I thought I had a big problem. No, you got a bigger God. Are you guys with me? It's just a matter of perspective. You're not a grasshopper. Well, maybe you are. It doesn't matter. But you got a God that's greater. And we got to learn to magnify him in this hour. I believe church is going to be, there'll be times in the day, I don't know all that's coming. I don't know. I know what, what we've been prophesied would happen if President Trump is removed from office. I know what has been prophesied would happen. And I know all of hell is trying to remove him from office. And I know that all of heaven is at our disposal if we will obey and do and be the people of God. And I know they're greater for us than against us. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit is greater than all of the demonic angel dust, not angel dust, what was she pouring out? Devil dust in that nursery. It's way more powerful than all that. So we're going to magnify God. We're going to magnify Him. Psalm 70, let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. And let those who love your salvation say continually, let God be magnified. And there's going to be a day that churches in this nation, I'm telling you, you will not be able to get into some of them. Places like this, because people will just want to come and magnify God. They'll just be worshiping, they'll be magnifying, worshiping, thanking God, because there'll be places of refuge that He's set up and established. Psalm 100, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. For the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. So we enter worship with thanksgiving. That's, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Just thank you. Thank you, you're my shield. You're my defender, my protector. You're my righteousness. You know, think about the Lord's prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then list all the names of God. I'm trying to give you something practical. God, I thank you. You are my righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu. You are my peace, Jehovah Shalom. Thank you, God. You're Jehovah Nissi. You're my banner, my victory. Thank you, God. You're Jehovah. All those names. Sidkenu, Nisi, Shalom, 
Rafa. Yeah, God, thank you that you're my healer, the God that heals. And just thank him. You could spend all day just thanking him, that he is your God. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 4, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. And again, it's the grace of God. The verse, next verse says, Therefore we do not lose heart. So we don't lose heart because the grace of God that will enable us to give thanks regardless of what's happening. It's either woe is me or wow is God. Just remember that, maybe. I don't know if you get anything out of this. But if you remember anything, remember. I'm not going to go around saying woe is me. I'm going to go around saying wow, God. You are a wow God. If, if just like one millionth of what you said about yourself is true in this book. Wow, God. This is an incredible thing I'm a part of. This great salvation that we're going to be discovering how great it was all through eternity. You know, after we've been there a thousand years, we're going to discover more about how great this salvation was that he gave us. Philippians chapter 4, we already read this. Be anxious for what? Nothing. This is how you handle high anxiety. Memorize the scripture. Okay, you want an assignment today. Memorize Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Get it in your heart. Get it in your spirit. Not up here, but get it in here. I'm not going to be anxious for anything, but by all things, by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. You've got to add thanksgiving. Don't forget thanksgiving. Don't forget it. Our nation's trying to forget it. Rewrite it. I don't care. I'm going to give, even if they outlaw Thanksgiving, I'm going to give Thanksgiving. I'm going to have Thanksgiving. Google, you know, sets up their cameras in my pencil or my pen. I'm going to, I'm going to be like Daniel. I'm going to hold my pen up. I thank God. I magnify God with, you know, I've heard some stories. They're trying to put these things in all kinds of, your clothing, your clothing, if I didn't know better, I'd say, man, the Antichrist is going to have a heyday in this day. He's setting things up. But not on my watch. He's not going to have a heyday. He's going to have a headache because he knows his time is short. And I'm going to remind him of his destiny, and I'm going to do the will of God as long as I have breath. And you are too. That's why you're a part of this movement of God. I personally believe, and you do too, that's why we're here. We're going to see those nets full before the devil has his final say-so. God is much bigger. Then Colossians chapter 4. Continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And again, in prayer and thanksgiving. Revelation 7 speaks about amen, blessing and glory and honor. Thanksgiving and honor and praise be unto you, O God. It sounds like to me we're going to be giving thanksgiving for all of eternity. It just sounds like, I don't know, it's... Heaven is going to be way, way beyond what people have described. They've described some pretty amazing things. But you're not going to be able to describe when you see him face to face and you see the loved ones and you see, I'm just telling you, it's going to be way beyond. Some people say there's not even in a heaven where you can believe that or you want, I believe. The Bible speaks about it. Then Psalm 35, I will give thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among the people. In other words, you give thanks together and unashamedly. 
You know that fear of man that Anna was talking about it? Dump it. Don't be afraid. Don't, listen, fear God, you won't fear the man sitting next to you. Give thanksgiving unashamedly. Be though, I'm so thankful. I'm, now you can be proud, can't you, in the right way. I was proud of our dance team on the streets of North Wilkesboro Friday night. And they were singing hallelujah, shouting hallelujah in the streets of North Wilkesboro. And the demons didn't like it because somebody came along and pulled the plug. I thought he did it on purpose. They said, no, it was just too loud. But maybe, I don't know, maybe he did do it on purpose because it was like an abrupt end of it. I don't know. But anyway, what a day we're living. You know the devil's going to try to pull the plug on you? Just, just get ready for it. Get prepared. Have a backup plan. You're, the main thing is Jesus. Your backup plan is Jesus. Then when you get through with that, the final plan is Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I always overcome. I'm more than a conqueror. I always triumph in Christ Jesus. He's given me the victory. And that's the next thing, 1 Corinthians. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So death, yeah, it stings. It stings, but you get over it. There's grace. And the sting of sin is what the real culprit has been already removed because of the cross and the blood of Jesus. You guys with me? And winning and losing. You know, it's not determined by the final score. It's determined by what God said was the score from all the beginning. The score has already been set. I win. You win. We win. Second Corinthians 9, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now that's a big thing. You cannot describe it. You'll try to describe it, but... But we do need to try to describe it to people on the street. I'll just go ahead and confess that I, I blew it last night in Walmart. I saw a guy and I wanted to go talk to him, but he looked mean. <laughs> I just I just thinking maybe if I'm honest, confess my sin. So anyway, I'm going going to the nuts to get some nuts. And I have this crazy nut thought. Well, if I see him again, I'm going to talk to him. He shows up in the bread section. <laughs> but all the people were around him and said, God, well, maybe one more test. I'm going to the back because I got to go back and get some dog food. Surely he won't show up in the dog food. He didn't show up in the dog food. But as I'm going to pay for the dog food, there he is. I have to confess I didn't go. I'm so sorry, God. I'm just confessing. I don't know if any of you have ever been there. No, but I hope I, I'm, I'm not alone. I don't always come out on top of these things. And I failed. And I asked God to forgive me for not going to that man. I think he was showing me something. We got to be ready to give a reason. And I just rebuked any fear over all of us. So what if the crowds gather in? So what? Our God is greater. 
I'm not going to be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. So I'm going to declare war. Just because I missed that opportunity, I declare the next 10 opportunities, I'm going to do it first opportunity. I'm not going to pray, God, let him show up again. I think that's a crazy prayer anyway. Lord, let him be in the bathroom, you know, or so, you know, something stupid. Don't do that. I said, okay, do you guys forgive me? I'm just telling you, it's a war out there. We're all in a war. It's a great conflict. If you fall, you get up again. You know the Bible says, thank God that the righteous stumble and they fall seven times, but they rise again. Yes, because he looked mean. He needed something. Lord, we pray, touch him. Lord, maybe I could see him one more time. I, I will not avoid that guy again. I don't care how mean he looks. How many people he looks like he's already put under. Lord, it's not going to happen anymore. God, I pray for salvation for that man. Lead one of these guys to him today. In Jesus' name. And we commit... We may have lost that opportunity, but now, Lord, we commit ourselves to the next 10 opportunities. We're going to run before we have any opportunity to back off. We will not retreat. In Jesus' name. God, redeem the situation. He's a good redeemer. I'm just being honest with you guys. I, these guys that tell you they have it all together. They ain't got it all together. Then the scripture says, the one who sanctifies, and we are the ones who are being sanctified. For this reason, he calls them his brethren. He, he that sanctifies and those who are being. Amen. Thank you, God. So we continually offer the praise and thanksgiving. And we are thankful today, God. We're a thankful people. How many of you are thankful you live in the United States of America? And I am so thankful. I'm so thankful God gave us this opportunity and that the story is not over yet. You hear me, powers of darkness. The story's not over yet. We have something to say about this. Yes, that's what history is. His story. It's his story, his story. So Lord, we thank you that we get to live in this nation. I thank you that every man and woman, every boy and girl, everyone watching, that you knew exactly where they would be on this day. You planned their life. You wrote in their book all their days. And God, I thank you that it's written in every one of us. Behold, we delight to do your will. And I thank you, God, that you are releasing in us a faith and a grace to do the will of God regardless of what tomorrow may bring. God, forgive us of our often boasting about tomorrow. The truth is, life is as a vapor. It appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. And if it's the Lord's will, we will live here and do that and do this. But God, we recommit our lives to be those who will do the good that you called us to do while it is day. We thank you, God. I release faith into every man and woman, every boy and girl. God, we need 
everything you've got in this hour. And I thank you we're going to get everything you have. And more than enough, heaven's disposal for the church in these days. Lord, if it was up to us, you'd just come and fix this mess overnight. But you're looking to us to do the will of God. It's the church that's going to declare the manifold wisdom of God to the powers and the principalities. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. I feel like there's some people that you feel like you just, you've really been doubting as to whether you're going to finish this race or not. Lord, right now we just send out a, the Calvary. <laughs> we send out heaven's Calvary. And God, we ask you to raise them up. Get them out of the pit. Brush them off. Give them fresh faith, fresh vision for the finish line. Because Jesus finished, therefore we can finish. Because he, even though he saw what he was facing, he saw the ultimate reward, the goal, the prize set before him. And we thank you for the prize that is set before us, which is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, this is a holy moment. Thanks for giving me help, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, thank you for letting me remember those messages from 40 years ago. But I have a feeling I'm supposed to revisit Jeremiah chapter 8, and so I will. I will. I will. And I'll blow that trumpet, God, as loud as I can blow it. Lord, help me. Help everyone in this room. You are the helper. Thank you. That's one of the names. You said it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, I will not send the helper. And thank you that you sent the helper who would be with you and be in you. And we want him upon us. In us, with us, upon us. Lord, I ask for fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Without laying hands, I feel like the Lord is going along. This is what I'm seeing. I know we're going to have baptism, but it's okay. We, we have nowhere to go. It's going to be, some of you, the Lord's going to call to be baptized today too. But I see that the Lord's coming along and he's pouring out. I don't know if it's angels or the Lord. I have no idea. All I know is there's oil being poured out on some. Fresh anointing for the task at hand. And it's like the Lord is refocusing you not to look for the big picture. In this case, there's something right now, right before your eyes you're supposed to be doing, right before your nose. He says, do this and I'll show you the big picture. And I'm giving you an anointing today to do what's right before you. And you will do it. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah. God bless you guys from Kansas City. That's pretty cool. Take it back, guys. All right, take it back. We don't know all that God is doing in Moravian Falls. We just know he's doing something. We don't really want to define it, but we want God to release it on everyone that visits. You guys releasing it big time. 
So before we have baptism, is there anybody in this place, you've never been saved, you don't know if you know Jesus, you don't know that if you died this day that you would spend eternity in heaven. Is there anyone that says, I need a Savior today, would you pray for me? The Holy Spirit is convicting you. Your heart is beating out, almost out of your chest. That's what happened with me. I don't know. How many of you, your heart almost beat out of your chest? Some of you, not all of you, maybe. It's, it's different for everyone. All we know, there's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that convinces us that we need a Savior. If there's anyone watching, if you're in this room and you say, I need salvation, would you pray for me? Just stand where you are. We're going to pray. Maybe you're there in your room. You're just standing. We're going to pray anyway. Because I believe there's somebody. We've got to give people opportunity to receive the Savior. That's how the harvest comes to pass. You give people opportunity to get saved. Anybody? Anybody? So we're going to pray. Is it okay if we do this, guys? You're with me. We're going to do it more and more. In fact, as they come through the doors, we'll do it more and more. We'll already be ready. And then we'll do our best to disciple them. We'll get, you know, a lot of people to help, teach, disciple. Because this generation is going to have to grow up very fast. Very fast. One more thing, you know. And they overcame by three things, you remember? The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. How many of you know sometimes they leave that third part out? They omit it. It cannot be omitted. Omitted. So thank you, Lord. Let's just pray. If you need a Savior, you're watching online, just, just let's all pray this out loud as a reconfirmation of our faith, but just to encourage those that right now the Holy Spirit is dealing with, just say, Dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that He is the Son of the living God, that He died and He rose from the dead. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I thank you that your blood cleanses me of all sin. And so I ask for forgiveness. I make a choice this day to turn my life over to you. I turn from the world and I turn toward Calvary. I turn to the cross and I say, Jesus, you are my Lord. I receive you by faith. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Fill me this day with the power of God that I could live for you unashamedly every day to be a witness to be your son and your daughter and I thank you God that you're with me that this story is not over it's just beginning and I'm a part of it the greatest story in all of history is about to unfold and I thank you God that I'm alive in this day in Jesus' name. Amen.